Hey guys, Joy here. Before we get started on this episode, I just want to give a quick disclaimer. We had some tricky little audio problems on Skype. It is not your phone or your computer. It is us. We will correct it. We couldn't correct it for this one, but we will in the future. Thank you for understanding. Here we go. Gone Wad. This is Joy. And this is Claire. This is episode 291. This episode is sponsored by UnpluggedFloatEssentials.com. The discount code is GGW. You can support the podcast by supporting UnpluggedFloatEssentials.com. It's gift giving time. It's holiday season. You can buy yourself a gift, but I love that you can also, this is like the perfect gift for your friends who work out. Right. Everybody, you know, everybody thinks like, I don't want to give bath salts as a gift. Well, these are the bath salts that people actually want to get. They absolutely will. You can put them in a mug. It'll mm-hmm. be great. It'll be so adorable. A mug? They're kind you of know, big. Like ba- bath salts in a mug? They are huge, actually. You'd have to have like a bowl. <laughs> so uh, these are um, an Epsom salt-based bath soak that's made with water-soluble CBD powder for all of your joint and muscle and anxiety-soothing needs. We love this company. They are so great. And their product is wonderful, and we highly recommend it. So go to unpluggedfloatessentials.com. Discount code GGW. Thank you for supporting our sponsors. And a quick plug for if you are in a, are not in a place to support our podcast by doing the financial piece of supporting our sponsors, please consider leaving a review and rating the podcast. And not only that is downloading the show. So... We mention all the time that the podcast world is really saturated and really downloading is your vote to what you want others to find and what you really want to have more of. So consider leaving us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and also download the show because that really helps with the statistics and helping others find the show. So thank you in advance for that. So we're recording this right after we recorded a podcast with the Mama Stay podcast. And they were so fun to talk to. So we really appreciate all the people who've reached out to us to be on their show. Claire and I have had a ton of fun doing that. It's uh it's been really cool because not only do we have to we get to kind of sit back and just relax <laughs> and not feel the pressure to be on as much, but we've met some really great people along the way too. And so hopefully uh people enjoy that. We'll let you know when it comes out. But we just got off the phone with them. So we're doing just like this morning O podcasts. Yeah, we have so many fun podcasts that were other people's podcasts are we're gonna go on. So Yeah. Um, check those out. Yeah, we'll be posting about all of those things. Yeah. It is so fun to get to talk on someone else's podcast. But then it's also fun to be like, okay, now it's our turn. Yeah. No, and now it's our turn. <laughs> I mean, really, truly, the podcasts that are the most fun for me to do is when it's just you and me, because I do feel yeah. like there's less pressure. There's whenever less pressure. whenever we're interv- interviewing people, there is kind of this pressure to be like, okay, what's coming next? We got to keep the conversation going. Yeah. You got to keep your brain going. 
Thank you to everyone also who responded to last week's episode about the live uh, show that I, I really want to do at the LMO Draft House. Everyone was really excited about that. So I'm going to be looking into that and hopefully contacting the owners to see if they'd be open to doing something along that those lines. But if not, I think just a live episode is in order. So stay tuned for those details. So I want to start with something that you posted yesterday. And I want to get I want to get the feeling, well, two things. I will first want to ask you what your, when you read this, what resonated with you, okay? It was the post where Am from I? Well-Fed Women where it says, don't be the reason someone feels insecure, be the reason someone feels seen, heard, and supported. I reposted that because I felt like that was like so resonated with what we try to do. That, you know, instead, like we have tried so hard and we we do try really hard and we spend a lot of time thinking about the best way to have, particularly on social media, because social media is like, can be such a crapshoot. Things like we don't post before and after photos. We try really hard to not, we don't even really post like stuff about our workouts or our PRs anymore. Like we try so, so hard to have an account that does not invite comparison. And, you know, we, with the things we talk about on the podcast, we always try to be so open and honest about the things we're struggling with and the things we're going through. And I know that we always talk about this, like we want our listeners to always have that moment where they they hear something or they read something on our feed and they're like, oh my gosh, I thought I was the only one and now I know I'm not. And not only am I not the only one, but I see all these, you know, hundreds of other people who have commented and, you know, we, we really just want everyone listening and who follows us to feel really seen and supported and, you know, sometimes we do a better job with that than others, but I just really liked that because it was like, to me, it was like, don't be the reason, don't invite comparison. Don't be the reason that somebody looks at, you know, social media and goes, oh my gosh, I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. Be the reason that somebody looks at or hears something and says, I can relate to that. And, you know, we're all, we're all in this together mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Because when I read that, I knew what you were going for and I thought, and there's accounts where people don't even realize that that's what they're doing. They don't realize that they're creating a culture that perpetuates yeah. that negative body totally. image and that people so, so that was really I was I saw that and I'm like, yeah, it's really hard to kind of how do you get that message out to people who really don't get it? They don't get yeah. that that's the culture that they're contributing well, I think to. We didn't, we didn't get it for a no, while. I don't you know, think we, we used did. to post that kind of stuff. Sure. And I and I'm not faulting people who do and who you know who aren't aware, I think, I think that I want to believe at least that most of the people out there who have accounts that make you feel bad about yourself are not doing that on purpose. Right. Exactly. You know, they're not posting things out of, you know, out of just like, well, I want people to look at this and feel like, oh, I, I need to, you know, get my shit together. I think everyone wants to support other people for the most part. And I like to believe that we're all in this together. And to be honest with you, Maybe some people, like everyone reacts to things in different ways. Some people feel really supported by before and after photos because they're in that phase of their own fitness journey. Or some people feel really supported, you know, by these very curated feeds because it helps them feel like organized, I guess. You know, like we all like looking at those. Uh, at beautiful photos. At beautiful things. Yeah, beautiful yeah, photos like it, are beautiful. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, so I think it's just like, what do you need? And for me, and I think for us, we are in a phase where we don't, neither of us want to be seeing before and afters. Neither of us want to be seeing perfectly curated. And so that's not what we put out. Right. 
Right. Yeah. So I think the thing that came up for me was that we do try our best to put out content that is empowering, that it makes people think about their own lives and embrace your own faults and know that happy, sad, mad, and all the feelings is part of the human experience that we shouldn't always strive for happy because that's just not how, that's not realistic. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, yes, try to be happy, but don't try to be perfect. I think too, like people might not have noticed this or maybe they have, but we have pulled back significantly on our post on how much we're posting. Yeah. We're only posting like maybe once a day and not even not even like four or five times a week at this point. And that has been really nice yeah. too. But I also was thinking that this sounds, this is, I'm going to hopefully not say this wrong, but people can't make you feel a certain way. I get that when we are exposing ourselves and we talked a little bit about this on the Mama Stay podcast just now, but we're exposed to social media. We live in a social media culture. So consciously or not, we're going to be absorbing this information. So I do think it's important to kind of curate your feed to something that is rather positive and body positive and at least just positive overall. I hear what you're saying. And I think that there's kind of a little bit of both. Like on the one hand, you as a human being are not responsible for other people's reactions. Yes. And you are not responsible even for other people's emotions. The way that people are going to react and feel about the things that you do are not your responsibility. Exactly. That's what I'm trying However, to say. It's like you give permission. Like people can't make you feel a certain way without your permission. And so, you know, as a content creator, as just a human on social media, which all of us are, or the vast majority of us are, it is not your responsibility to curate your things because you're afraid of how it's going to make other people feel or whatever. And we even talked to, who were we talking to about this recently on text? Like might've been Julie Bauer or someone like, you know what? We're tired of having to manage other people's feelings. And if we put out something that not everyone agrees with, oh, well. However, that being said, I think there is a line between saying, you know what, I am not, I cannot be responsible. Not only am I not, but I cannot be responsible. I do not have the emotional, the capacity for the amount of emotional labor that it would require for me to take on the responsibility of everyone else's reactions. Mm -hmm. But I also don't want to be a dick. Right. (laughs) Like There's that line because there are some people who are just terrible and they're like, well, I'm just being honest. And you're, Ew, like, you're kind yeah. of being, just being a douche. Ugh. And what's that thing? I know you, t- you talked about this recently. It was like Kristen Bell's therapist had a thing where she was like, uh, or he was like, honesty without tact is cruelty. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true. And I think, you know, it's like you don't have a responsibility to be so vanilla that nobody has any reaction to anything that you do. However, in my opinion, you do have a responsibility still to be a nice person. Exactly. Yeah, because I see a lot of, especially male accounts, I'm not trying to pick on males, but I do see a lot of this on male fitness accounts where they're just like, well, we're just being honest and we, you know, radical honesty and brutal honesty. It's kind of like, but that yeah. that's zero tact. If you're not, if you, it, honesty is fine, but you can't wrap that up in a bow and just throw it out there and lob the bomb of honesty and be like, well, too bad, so sad because... Really, honesty includes opening yourself up to a conversation. And if you're just lobbing a bomb bomb of honesty and calling it honesty and like, well, I'm just honest and wearing that honesty as a badge, you're not doing it right. (laughs) Like You're not opening the conversation. And that just assumes that you're not willing to hear what other people have to say. 
It's you just being like, here's I, my opinion yeah, I, and you're just going to have to deal with I'm it. I'm out of here. Ugh. I think that's a really good point too. And I feel like that's the other thing. It's like if you are not willing to engage about something, then, you know, that like, again, that's can be fine. Like we, we don't all have the capacity to respond to every single comment or every single reaction that people send our way. And, you know, a lot of times that's on them. Like we will sometimes get reactions from people about things that we say where they will take it really personally. And it's like, you know what? I appreciate that people have personal reactions to different things, but it's not always in our best interest to like get into it one-on-one every single time. That being said, I think there is, again, that line of like just being completely closed off to feedback or conversation around it. You know, if we get five of the same email or 10 of the same email saying like, hey, this thing really rubbed me the wrong way. Sorry, I just am gesturing wildly and I hit a pile of glasses. We've been podcasting a lot in this desk. I now have three glasses, analogy and a coffee cup because I keep, I just don't leave, don't take them out with me. Anyway. Um, You're like me with beverages. I'm so proud. Yes. Well, it's because we've been down here like every day for the last week and I'm like <laughs> now this little beverage hoarder. You know, you need to allow people to react. And I think the other thing that drives me crazy about the types of things people that you're talking about is they almost make like in my experience with people like that or with accounts like that, if you don't agree with them, they make you feel stupid for not agreeing exactly. with them. They're like, well, yeah. you you know, well, it's not my problem that you just don't get it. Yeah, I've like, even seen people being like, oh, they'll, they'll lob something like that. And then they'll be like, oh, here come the snowflakes. And I'm just like, that's just horrible. That's a horrible yeah. way to look at it because right. you know what you're doing. Everyone who doesn't agree with exactly. you is just like a pretty princess. Exactly. Yeah. It's a horrible mentality. It drives me crazy and it's really insensitive. So people out there who probably don't even listen to this podcast, but under the guise of honesty, the point the is, point is be a nice person on social media. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like you're seeing things out there that don't make you feel great, unfollow those people and then know better and do better on your own account. I will. I do want to finish up with one thing, though, that if you're going to say something like, well, I'm just being honest, or if you see someone doing that, please point out the fact that I appreciate your honesty and the way that you're approaching this does not open up a conversation. So if you're not interested in having a conversation, just know that you're really kind of shutting people down by taking this approach. So that's fine, but it's just, it's not, it's not productive. And I'm all about conversations and having a productive conversation. I will say anytime that we do get feedback or people writing, and we've said this before, I feel like people do it in such a respectful way. And I really appreciate that. Any feedback we get, no one's attacking us. They're just saying, I love you guys. Here's the way that I see it. And this or that may have hurt my feelings. You know, we recently did get something just kind of questioning the comments we've making been making recently about multi-level marketing and that we've been kind of speaking more negatively about it. And I understand that. And I think where I'm coming from, just to kind of tie this piece up, because I do want to address it and I don't ever want us to feel like we're coming across negative, but we are going to have emotions around things that could be very opinionated. And um, my intention is to never hurt feelings. But I think where I'm coming from is I've seen damage done to people's lives. So if you are involved in that type of activity and hobby, please research and make sure that you're being taken care of. 
just make sure that you're doing the research because I do, I mean, I've been listening to The Dream, which is that podcast I talked about. And I think they do a good job of showing both sides, but I think that's just where I was coming from. It's like, just do, just make sure you're taking care of yourself. I mean, no harm. (laughs) I mean, no harm. And also I don't want to join your team. Um, All right. So let's move on to the Q&As we got. We got some really good Q&As. Okay. First question. Would you ever interview your husbands on the podcast? Well, Brandon's been on one before. Yeah. Brandon has been on one. He was on the one with Chris Garofoli. Yeah. Like forever ago. Yeah. I don't think I'd bring Scott on. He's he's totally listening to this right now, by the way. He's like in the next room and he can totally hear everything we're saying, I'm sure. (laughs) I don't think he would want... I mean, you know, he's been to our live episodes and he's asked questions before, but I don't think he'd ever like sit down for a full interview. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think he would. I don't think he has the interest in that. <laughs> I don't know. Unless we had like questions to ask him the whole time, it would probably just have to be about Pearl Jam and Nike shoes. Maybe he would do one. He would probably do like a leggings review, Nike shoes review. <laughs> he would love that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, starting a podcast and go. So they're asking you how to start a podcast, which uh, we've kind of talked about a few times, I think, on the show. But really, we have some good tips if you want to email us. We have this kind of standard letter that Claire put together because we get that question a lot. So you can email us and we'll just send it to you. Yeah, girlsgonewild at gmail.com. The very short version is there's a lot of information, a lot of information out there. Somebody recently even emailed us and was like, I know you guys said you don't like it when people ask you this question, but here it goes. Like, how do I start a podcast? It's not that we don't like it when people ask us that question. It's just that there's so much information out there that is a lot better probably than what we have to share. But if you want our take on it, I'm happy to share this with you. Email us girlsgonwild at gmail.com. And I just have like a little FAQ about like, you're going to need a website. You're going to need a microphone. Here's the microphone that we use and et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Can Claire explain more about why women who aren't pregnant taking prenatals? Sure. Um, so I had and and, and uh, let's also clarify again, we are not doctors and this yeah, is not health advice. Say, I was just about to say that. So a couple of months ago, I had said, you know, I think that any woman who is of childbearing age could benefit from taking a prenatal. Um, I think, again, I'm not, you know, this is not medical advice. Uh, really, where that comes, where that comes from, is that every woman who is, you know, everyone out there should, in my opinion, be taking a multivitamin because. Unless you are like just a rock star, it's unlikely that you are actually getting all the vitamins and minerals throughout your day that you actually need through your diet. It's really hard. Not really hard, but it's hard to do that um, within the types of diets that most of us are eating. And a prenatal specifically has typically a little bit more iron in it and you know some other things that are better for hormone balancing, like it's, you know, it's really there to support your reproductive, you know, not your, like your reproductive, I guess, functions. Um, When I did say that though, one of our friend Jess had sent in text and she was like, no, 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 no. A prenatal is not a multivitamin. So my response is just, you know, if you have questions about it, talk to your OB, talk to your doctor, talk to your gyno. I think that a prenatal is a good choice just as a multivitamin because a lot of women of childbearing age, particularly if you are thinking about getting pregnant, even in the next couple of years, can benefit from the 
additional types of things that are typically found in a prenatal. Great. Yes. Favorite holiday desserts? Pumpkin pie. Oh, I love this one. So I need to bring this back because ever since I was in high school, I was making this treat for people and then I stopped doing it. But it is a pretzel covered... Okay, it's a very specific way to make this because you you have to really even out the chocolate to pretzel ratio. But it's essentially mini pretzels, not the big ones, covered in this in just melted chocolate. But you put M&Ms where the holes are. You only put two because there's two, that would be too much chocolate. So you fill the little holes with chocolate, put M&Ms in them, and then it solidifies so it's hard. So you kind of have this like chocolate pretzel M&M combo and it's everyone's favorite dessert from me for like the past 10 years. I've never made them probably since I've known you. <laughs> so I, know, I, was about to you say, I, I know exactly what you're talking about though. And I'm laughing because this is like basically the one-stop shop version of like a handful of trail mix, which I know oh, you're obsessed with. Love it. It's exactly <laughs> that. It is exactly one-stop shop of trail mix. And so that's my favorite holiday dessert. It's not, I mean, it's a, more of a treat, I would say, but yeah, I more of a Christmas love, cookie. I love, I do love Christmas cu- cookies. I love salty sweet. That's why I love yeah. that. And then you put, you put holiday M&M colors. So you put a red one and a green one. <laughs> um, I love pumpkin pie. I love pumpkin cheesecake. I love pumpkin that like, cu- you know, pumpkin custardy texture. Anything. Do you put whipped cream on your oh, pumpkin pie. Duh. Okay. I don't I'm just people have strong opinions about this. I yeah. have a strong opinion and the opinion is that if you are not putting whipped cream on, you are wrong. <laughs> do you put uh do you do you do the trick still of putting whipped cream straight from the can in your mouth? That's no, still kind of fun I to do every once in a while. I get heavy oh. whipping cream and then I whip it. Well of course you do. <laughs> yeah. Every time I make coffee in the morning, by the way, I think of you with your Nespresso you and have I get to really get one, sad because I want get to get one. Nespresso of so all bad. the things in your life that you've like held back on buying, the only I don't reason, understand. the only reason is Scott doesn't want one. It's so like, what? <laughs> just put it in your, put it in the podcast room. He doesn't even have to know. Just gonna, oh, like, he will know. Every he morning you'll just sneak away. Why does you it matter that he doesn't want one? <laughs> So he can make his own coffee like a boring old fart and you can have your beautiful Nespresso. Here's the thing. Brandon didn't want one either, but guess who uses it every day just like me? Once it's in your house, he will want to use it. And as an update, the reusable Nespresso, the reusable lids are a game changer. Really? Yeah. So so I saw that post and you actually saved it in our stories for people who want to go check it out. So... The Nespresso come, it's like kind of like a Keurig in that it comes with these pods, right? And you have to like use these pods to make your coffee. They're not super expensive. They're like maybe a dollar and change per pod, but they're disposable. And you can, by the way, you can mail them. Like they will give you a prepaid mailing thing. Right. To mail them back I saw and that. Recycle them, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it still just felt like kind of a lot of waste. And not, but, but, the biggest part was that Brandon has real brand loyalty to Ozo coffee. And I knew that if I couldn't find a way to either find a coffee that tasted just like that or find a way to use Ozo coffee that he would never get on board with an espresso. Okay. So I started using these reusable lids. Well, the lids aren't reusable, but it allows the pod to be reusable. So basically what you do is it's like this little tinfoil thing. You cut off the top of the one from Nespresso, dump out the old coffee, put whatever coffee you want in. And then the lid, it's like a, just a little piece of kind of thick, sticky foil and you recover it. Ta-da. That's it. That's and then amazing. you can use it. And then like, 
you know, the, the machine comes with like 10 sample pods. And we've now had this thing for like, I guess not that long, maybe like three weeks, but I haven't bought any new pods yet. I've just been reusing the same ones. Yeah, highly recommend the, okay. the pod. Go to our stories on Instagram, Girls and Wild Podcast on Instagram. It's under a story highlight um, called Coffee and like the little thing is like Nespresso reusable pods. Okay. I'm sure everyone out there listening is so sick of me being like, I really want one. Get (laughs) one. Just get it. I mean, I'm not living in an oppressive house where my husband won't let me drink. (laughs) I know. Get the coffee that you want. I get it, though. I just, it's more of like a respect to be like, yeah, we have a lot of gadgets on our counter. Well, and it's not, (laughs) it's not cheap. It's not super, you know, it's not. Right. Yeah. And so I get it where you're like, if he's not on board with this, why spend the money? Exactly. But do it anyway. It's worth spending the money even though he's not on board. Okay. It's so I'll just buy it for satisfying. myself, put it under the tree, and then on Christmas, yes. I'll make us Nespresso coffee, and, and then like, he'll be so excited anything. about it. And he'll be like, what a perfect gift for us. I'm like, I know. Thanks, Santa. Thanks, Santa. Give it. You know what? You can say it's from me. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Just, ex- this- just expense that. That's a really good idea. Claire Claire. Claire and Brandon just got this and they loved it so much. And they thought, and they knew that, just make it about Scott. Be like, Scott, they knew that you love gadgets. And so they wanted to get this for you. Yeah. And he'll be like, oh my gosh, this is How could I turn this down? And then delicious coffee. And you know what I'm really intrigued by? Sorry, listeners. I have to ask this question. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) This this episode has been really This episode is not sponsored by Nespresso. Oh my gosh. Um, Is the milk frother. Oh, yes. You have to get the kind that comes with the milk frother. So tell because, me about this. Like, <laughs> Well, what do you mean? It's just a milk frother. It basically, I mean, so you make the coffee, you froth you the, the milk, coffee. you pour it in, and it just has this very thick... Have you ever mu- used fro- a milk frother before? No, I haven't. Oh, I, okay. Now I understand your question. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I've <laughs> never like, used one. Joy, that's what it is. That's so what it li- does. So all that a milk frother is, is it's like this little canister that heats up. It has a heating implement and a whisking implement. And so it's basically, it warms your milk and froths it up. You know, you just push a button and it does all And then when you open the lid, it's just foam in there, basically. <laughs> so it's like... An, an, I just an, think of Clueless. When I know, me too. You know, it's just like foam. Um, but this is a pro tip for people. I have found, because I, like I said, when I'm pregnant, I can tolerate dairy but if I still, if I have a lot of like just straight up milk, it doesn't feel great for me. And so, but I, but milk, like cow's milk is the only thing that froths like that. And I have found that if you use coconut milk and I use the canned coconut milk because all of like the stuff in the cartons has like a bunch of random crap additives in it, but the, the canned stuff is like just coconut milk. So I use the canned coconut milk and then I just add maybe like quarter uh, to top it off. So it's like 75% coconut milk, 25% whole milk. And just that 25% still will froth. Great. So yeah, literally what it is, is it's just like this little canister and it has a heating implement and then it, and it, you can hear it in there and it's like, and so satisfying. And then you open the lid and it's beautiful and you just, oh, okay. All right. Okay. I have a plan. We have a plan. Yes. Operation get an espresso. Okay. Next question. How do you celebrate the holidays outside of giving gifts? I, I love decorating. Mm-hmm. That's about it. I love oh. decorating. I, I know you, you're like really into decorations. That was something I was very surprised to find out about you. Like when we would do our live episodes and parties, you always had. Yes. 
endless ideas decorating. for yeah endless ideas for decoration so it's great which is I am ironic not a decorator. because i don't decorate my own house like i'm not like an interior decorator type person mm-hmm. but when it comes to themes and like actual decorations i love i love themes mm-hmm. yeah so i like to go to plays i like to go to like holiday shows you know if we have the um Denver Performing Arts Center, whenever they have like any type of holiday shows or plays around here, I like to go to those um, just because it's just, it's so festive and fun. Last year, uh, Scott and I were in New York City around Christmas time and it was so beautiful. So I like, we don't have any trips planned this December, but I do, I do love going to see Christmas lights around town. We have such cute little areas in the Denver metro area that I like to kind of go at night and just walk around the streets and see the Christmas lights. And it just feels festive. Um, I also really, really love watching. I know this is like right after Christmas, but I love watching the Rose Parade um, in Pasadena. It's something that I grew up watching because my mom's from California or the Los Angeles area. And so my uncle, her brother, drives a float in the Rose Parade every year, and he has done so for the past 48 years. It's been forever. So that's a huge tradition for us is to watch the Rose Parade. And then my uncle Dwayne, every time his floats on TV, we text him and we're like waving. It's so funny. We're like, you're on TV right now. <laughs> so he's like, I know. Gro- I've been doing this since the yeah, born. Growing up, that's been like a huge <laughs> thing. And one year, so if anyone's in Pasadena and goes to the Rose Parade, please tag me in those photos. I love it so much. I say it all the time. Like my heart is in California. I had like a piece of me in California. And so um, I love watching that and just having really good memories. We went a few times growing up and it's just so much fun because a California in the winter is just beautiful. Like, sorry, it's just amazing. And uh, just the air of the Rose Parades. There's so, so much history and it's just so amazing what they do with those floats and they have really fun floats. And one year they had my uncle drove one with uh, service animals on it. So that was just really special. This year, he's the float he's driving has Cool in the Gang on the float. Oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. Cool in the Gang. <laughs> so great. Cool in the Gang. <laughs> it's just, I mean, come on. So yeah, that's, I love doing stuff like that. It's just, it's fun. Okay, next question. If you could trade places with any Mean Girls character, which one would it be? This is a great question, Alicia. And why? Hmm. That's a really good one. I mean, my first instinct is Regina George's mom because she has it made. Okay, yeah. let's let's narrow it down to the four girls. The okay, four main characters. main characters. Yeah, let's just narrow it down to Probably that. Probably Karen because she's oblivious. Okay. Like, she's so, she just like loves yeah, herself. Yeah, that's true. And you she know. doesn't care if someone likes her or not. She doesn't yeah. care for it really if Regina likes her or not. Yeah, or not. she's super dumb, but she's also like... She's so dumb that she's not even I mean, in the drama. Her breasts have ESPN, it. so she's not that dumb. Right, exactly. I would probably want to be Katie. Yeah. Uh, I just love Katie. It's pronounced Katie. Okay, like Katie. best advice. Oh, I, I guess I didn't answer why. Um, the why would probably be because she learns a lot of lessons. And she kind of gets dragged through the mud and then comes out and has to learn a lot of uh, a lot of lessons, which that's just kind of how my <laughs> mind works. Best advice for transitioning from macros to intuitive eating. Whoa, I feel like I read this question without reading it. And somebody else had, I saw they were like, I just yeah. think you just give me permission to stop counting oh, macros. Yes. Okay. So, so reading this question, she says, I want to let go of the stress of counting. 
Um, and then the question kind of kind of cut off, but I'm going because this is just an Instagram question. So there's only like a certain amount of uh, space that you have to write. But she basically is saying like, I want to let go of the stress, but how do you, how do you, what is intuitive eating and how do I do that? I feel like this is a question we can't really answer in a short amount of time. So maybe we should, I really think we should bring Laura Ligos back on and the eating disorder specialist back on in 2019. I think that'll be probably a regular conversation we want to keep bringing on. But if we can kind of condense it to some points really quick, and by no means of these, is this the end all be all? Because this is a question I feel like is really loaded. The best advice is to be patient and know that you can't just stop cold turkey and be fine with it if you're really in the throes of it. Uh, I will say when Claire and I went off tracking macros, and I don't think we did it at the same time, but just like in general, kind of the feel of when we stopped it, we did do a whole 30 and that helped me only, and that I'm just speaking personal experience, that helped me only because it was, I was able to kind of let go of the numbers piece and focus on the quality of food piece. And that was really helpful for me at yeah, the time. Yeah, it's like, I think that that actually can be a very helpful transition because when you are counting macros, you know, you, everything is so thought, like everything is decided for you, what you're, how much you're eating a lot of times when you're eating. And if you just drop that cold turkey, like when was the last time you truly listened to one of your hunger cues? It can be kind of confusing. Like when I stopped counting macros, I remember literally thinking like, I don't even remember what it's like to wait until I'm hungry or, you know, to eat if I'm hungry or not eat if I'm not hungry. It always was like, well, at two o'clock, I eat at two o'clock, I eat my fourth meal or whatever. So I think the whole 30 can be helpful um, to kind of ease out of it because you still are within these parameters. And so you don't have the anxiety of just going off the rails, but the quantities are not controlled. It's the type, you know, the, the, content or the quality of the food mm-hmm. that's what's controlled and so um but at the same time whole 30s can be triggering they absolutely can yeah so i think i did like the at the time i needed some type i, I needed some type of structure to go from one thing to the other because i couldn't just kind of let it go all together so i felt like the rules piece of these these are the things that are best for you was really helpful because even on macros, I was like, okay, you're not really supposed to eat that because that'll blow your carbs and whatever the crap. So being able to really focus on the quality of food was good. But then after the whole 30, I didn't feel pressure to keep it going. And then I just kind of continued the journey and, and focused on educating myself on on what made me feel good. And, you know, there were some other things I kind of looked into, but uh, I think we just need to really honor this question by doing a whole another like episode or series and kind of really digging into that intuitive eating. I will say also to the person who asked this, that there are a lot of, I won't say like eating disorder podcasts, but podcasts that support people who've struggled with an eating disorder that are really about having constructive conversations that make you feel good and aren't triggering. And I'm so glad that those exist because that's a really tough conversation to have without getting triggered. Um, And by that, I mean, just kind of 
bringing stuff up in you that you don't know what to do with. And then you're kind of like left hanging, but they really offer good wisdom to start a journey of your own of what that means for you, what that looks like for you, what intuitive eating means. But I really would take that advice and even including our advice, like don't take our advice, make sure you're seeking advice from professionals who know what they're talking about when it comes to intuitive eating. One uh, podcast that comes to mind, if people want recommendations, just email us because I have a bunch that I can recommend to you. But one that comes to mind off the top of my head is, uh, I think it's Recovery Warrior Podcast. So I highly recommend doing that. But again, get your information from people who are specialized in talking about this topic. I think though also like I always try to bring it back to the center that like not everyone had as extreme of an experience as macros with macros as you did. And so like for me, something like the Whole30, like I was able to just kind of come out of macro counting. Um, And I think something like the Whole30 is a great way to transition if you are not feeling like this has spiraled into something macro counting has spiraled into something that's that's gone to a really unhealthy place. And there are also like intuitive eating dietitians out there, like seek those people out. But yeah, I definitely, I agree with you on the, the topic of like, don't just, you know, look for intuitive eating coaches or whatever, like that doesn't mean anything. On the similar topic, we had somebody who asked a question, what's the best diet for PCOS? Neither one of us has any experience with PCOS. Right. And so- I, you know, I don't feel like we're qualified to answer that. But what I would say, first of all, Stephanie Ruper, who is from the uh, Well-Fed Women podcast, she has done a ton of research into PCOS. Um, I would definitely check out her website and her blog. It's Paleo for Women. She has a book, a lot of different things about how to handle PCOS. And I would say find a dietitian or actual registered dietitian who you trust and can work with to help you figure this out because addressing a an actual like medical diagnosis with your diet can be so 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 effective however you really need someone who knows a, what they're talking about like in a professional way. And we certainly don't want to be dismissive to questions when we get stuff like that. A, we're very honored that you trust us to ask those types of questions, but we want to make sure you're getting the information from the right resources. So even if you do have a question, you're not really sure where to turn, just email us and we can, we usually know who's out there doing what. So happy to help you with that. Uh, Next question is, will you both ever do a meetup in Arizona? Someone even asked if we'd go to Florida and a couple other places. Well, first of all, I, I grew up in Arizona, so that's not far out of the possibilities of doing a, me- a meetup in Arizona. Uh, and anytime I do go to Arizona, I go to the uh, cell gym and say hi to my friends there in Mesa. I'd love to do a meetup. I'd love to do, I still love to do a road trip, you know, maybe in five years for like our 10 year anniversary. <laughs> We could do know, a big road like, trip. Are you ever going to come to such and such? It's like, I mean, we'd love to. We would love to. It's not the that thing we... that holds us back is time and funding it. So yeah, I time mean, if we... mostly. <laughs> right, we have lives and families and jobs, and yeah. um, one day maybe we will do the the great. It really would be fun. Girls gone on a road trip, but, right? With a yeah. bus with our picture on it. I mean, yes. that's the dream. <laughs> and 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 Oprah in 2019. Yes. Okay. Who they want to? A couple people asked about our in the interviews that were our favorite, favorite or our least favorite. Now, obviously, we're not going to say our least favorite on the show because that's just mean. There's people that we've always referenced that were like, yeah, I mean, they were kind of hard to talk to. They weren't like the most fun and engaging. And there's certainly always going to be the content that we feel, yeah, it's just okay. I would say the my favorite person that we interviewed, I'd say the most fun. I always 
I mean, obviously Bob Harper was so much fun to talk to because he was so nice. The people that we love to interview, Bob, we keep we would always talk to Emily Abbott, Margot Alvarez, just because they're so nice. Like, they're just yeah. good people. And then I think, like, you know, obviously Julie Bauer, we yeah. have so much fun with. Um, yeah. I also have so much fun with. Like, yeah. the, you know, Sheree Chan is always amazing. Like, the people who we've had on the podcast multiple times who we've, like, built more of a relationship with now are always so fun to talk to you because it's like, hey, old friend, we haven't talked to you in a while. Like, let's catch up. Yeah, and that just always brings better conversation when we have a good relationship and you're really comfortable with them. So uh, let's do a couple more and then we got to wrap up. It's already that time. I like this one. Do you ever feel... Oh, this is Nellie. Hi, Nellie. Nellie, 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 whose birthday it was. Do you ever feel burnout on CrossFit, but you don't really want to quit? I love this question because especially with anything, especially workout plans, of course you feel burnt out. And I look back at my CrossFit career, like my little personal CrossFit career. I'm like, man, the struggles that I kind of worked out in CrossFit, it's pretty amazing. Uh, by that, I mean, when I first started, I was all in. I wanted to do everything related to CrossFit. I wanted every single piece of CrossFit gear. And and over the years, I've kind of been like, all right, what's? I, I don't want to go crazy here because you know, some days I'd be like, oh, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. This is exhausting or you get through, you know, you're working through an injury. Um, but at the end of the day, it just kind of all comes down to if you're feeling burnout with anything, take a step back. You don't have to do it as, you know, consistently forever and ever and ever try different things. Uh, and you can always come back to it. And that's really what I've done is like, the more pressure you put on having to make this quote unquote commitment, I think the more you feel like anytime you have to do something, you're going to kind of have some resistance to it. Yeah. And I think too, like when you first get started those first couple of years, like CrossFit is so amazing and it's groundbreaking and you have all these amazing experiences. And then slowly over time, it's like, you know, this is fun, but like, it's not the end all be all. And I think the transition that I went through at least was more like, you know what? CrossFit can, is always going to be a part of my life, but it's not always going to be, you know, the one true thing. And so just don't try to make it into something that it's not like if it needs to ebb and flow, let it ebb and flow. Don't like grab onto it and strangle it. And just, yeah, don't, it's just a workout. Like, don't try to make it something it's not. Don't try to make it the answer to your problems. Don't try to make it this big thing in your life. If you're starting to feel burnt out, like feel free to let it ebb. Yeah. Feel free to let it kind of not be as important to you. Yeah. It's not, you know, and I think for a lot of people too, if this is the first time you're experiencing that kind of, yeah, the, the ebb, if this mm -hmm. is the first time you're experiencing that, it can kind of mess with your mind because at first, I think a lot of us really start to identify with CrossFit, like personally identify with it. Like I am a CrossFitter. This is what I do. I'm, you know, I mean, look at us. We freaking started a podcast about right, it. Right, exactly. We are the poster child's children. Good Lord. Poster children for this. <laughs> it's fine. Happened. It's fine. It's early. And that's okay. And also, if you take a step back or not even take a step back, like you can continue to go to working out as many times as you want, but just you don't have to give it that same weight or that same space in your that's life and in your identity as, as you always have. Exactly. It's the weight and the space. And I think in the past, where at least for my journey, was I felt like I had to keep improving, I, I had to advance. And that was a pressure that I felt every day walking into the gym, where now, 
I'm like, I'm going because I feel good. I'm going because I love the people in my class. I'm going because A, B, and C. Instead of, well, if I didn't improve today by my standards, then this relationship is really, I'm struggling with it right now. Um, You know, I used to go in and anytime we do an Ollie day, I felt like I had to hit either my last weight or PR the weight. Where now I go in and I'm careful and I'm mindful. And if I don't feel like lifting heavier, I don't. So I think it's, um, that was a struggle for me because I always felt like I had to really, really grind it out. (laughs) And I had this death grip on improving. And I've just kind of let that go. And I think that's really important to do because then you realize what's important and you're causing yourself some undue stress. But I get it. I think we've all been there in some way, shape, or form. Okay. Last question. I really want to get to some from Crystal, who's one of our favorite people in the whole world. She asked a bunch of questions on the Instagram page, and she's like, can you tell, what'd she say? Can you tell I spend all day with an infant? Because she's just fired off like 10 questions. So I will ask, this is really funny, is your Christmas meal basically Thanksgiving part two? Why are they so similar? (laughs) Like, isn't that the truth? Because... The first time around, you get really sad that you had that meal and you feel like you can't have it again. So you just do it again in Christmas in the holiday season. That's that's the way I see it. It's like, we have such a beautiful holiday season and you get to do this grand meal and then it's over and you're like, oh, sad. We have to wait a whole year. And it's like, no, you can do it again. Let's do it for Christmas. That's the way I see it. I'm trying to think if there's anything that we eat that's different. Yeah, I don't, I can't think of one thing. No. <laughs> except for Christmas cookies. <laughs> Okay. Well, I think that's it. We have anything else to pimp? So when you guys hear this, it will be December 13th. On December 18th, which is a Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time, our registration for our Tulum trip is going to go live. So you heard it here first. Get on it. I hope you guys have made it this far into the episode. I know. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We are launching our registration for our under 30 trip. We're going to Tulum. It's the dates are basically Labor Day weekend of 2019. We will also be posting this, have already posted this on our social channels, and it will also be in our newsletter um, that just came out earlier this week. Yeah, we really hope that you guys will come with us. Yes. There's not a ton of spots on the trip. We definitely anticipate that it will sell out very quickly. So Tuesday, December 18th, 10 a.m. Mountain Time, we will be posting the link on all of our social channels. We will not be emailing out the link. Correct. So you need to follow us either on Instagram or Facebook, or if you don't have Instagram or Facebook. We actually don't. I, don't, I can't tell you the link right now because we don't have the final link, but we will find a way to get you the link. If you don't have, if you don't have social media, email us and we will let you know what the link is going to be so that you can pull it up right when it goes live. The price is going to be $22.95. That does not include airfare, but that is Otherwise, breakfast and dinner and accommodations and transportation to and from the airport and all the transportation while we're there. It's a $395 deposit to reserve your seat so you don't have to be able to pay the whole price right when you sign up. And people always ask us that question. They're like, is there a payment plan? Not really a payment plan, but you don't have to just, you know, lay down 2300 bucks right off the bat. So please, please consider joining this trip. We always have such a good time on these trips. There's 
so memorable and we love meeting you. So look out for that link. And as always, please support the podcast by supporting our sponsors, unplugfloatessentials.com, the discount code GGW. And please send us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also send us feedback and questions at girlsgonewad at gmail.com. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.